Townsend, did you get up to any riding today? Did you do anything fun? Uh, I, I did, Bodie. Funny that you ask. Uh, I came up to Ridgeland last night for a cyclocross race, and uh, this random guy from Utah showed up at the race last night and just proceeded to crush everybody. He did. Uh, in, the, in the race. Uh, he lapped me, and I tried to follow him because he seemed like he knew what he was doing, and I was going to try to just follow his lines. Anyway, we talked for a little bit after the race. and he, Wait, but he crushed you so hard you quit the race? I quit, yeah. I just okay. gave up. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, I also quit, but I quit after you. So, so you beat me. Yeah, okay. But, but after the race, he invited me uh, to a ride today, and so we went and did a, uh, we went and did a gravel ride, and we had a blast. How about you? What would you do? Yeah, I mean, I, I, wanna, I also went on a gravel ride with you and uh, rode with a four-time national champion in cyclocross. Wait, is that who that guy was? Yeah, I think so. This gentleman right here, Mr. Jonathan Page. Uh, thank you so much, Jonathan, for coming out. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming to Mississippi. Thank you, Rolando, for organizing this and, uh, and bringing this fine gentleman here. Uh, in case you don't know, um, and maybe you're new to cyclocross, Jonathan Page is a four-time U.S. national champion. Um, he's nine. So, right, nine-time, four-time elite champion, right? That's correct. Okay, yeah. all right, so five times as a junior, if I do my math correctly. Oh, oh yeah, junior, under 23, then an older guy, yeah. Okay, and we, we hear that someday he might be a master's national champion, maybe. Uh, absolutely not. Oh, <laughs> Welcome to episode 58 of the Yeah You Ride podcast. This is the Bodie Bodie. Hey there, Bodie. This is the T-Bone. Hey there, T-Bone. This is the Cheerio. What you heard there was a bit of a teaser from our Q&A session with Mr. Jonathan Page last Friday up in Ridgeland, Mississippi. At uh, Burgers and Blues, the old uh, Ask a Pro. We had a great time. Yeah, we did. Thanks again to Rolando Roman for having us up in Ridgeland, and for our new friend, Jonathan Page, for coming on over from Utah and riding bikes with us for the weekend. It was great. Happy birthday to you, Bodie. Yeah, uh, I got to say, that was quite a gift um, that Mr. Page bestowed upon to me. I mean, his presence being the gift mm. to come to my birthday weekend bike bash celebration and his, hang out. His presence was his present. Indeed it was. Mm. Yeah, it was pretty sweet of your girlfriend to arrange all that for you. <laughs> it I mean, was. Surprise. <laughs> yeah, that maybe that was the big surprise. Um, it was actually the carrot cake, which was also pretty good. The carrot cake was delicious. Yeah. Um, and the pool session in the rain was quite fun. Uh, but yeah, that was, that was a fun Thursday, Friday, Saturday, including Sunday's gravel race, four days of bikes. Um, I'm pretty tuckered out. Um but feeling good. How about you, T-Bone? Yeah, I'm a little, uh, I'm a little hurt from, uh, from that. A lot of, you know, it's funny. It was really the clinic on Saturday that, that, uh, that, that put, me in the, put me in the pain cave. It was kind of remarkable how much riding around we did in the course of that four-hour clinic. And just lots of getting on and getting off the bike. Tons of dismounts and remounts a in lot. that clinic. 
as you would expect, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Mr. Page has a very um, well. Some would some would even say controversial views about the dismount, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, let's let's take this in order, mm. uh, and we'll get to the clinic on Saturday. But let's start with the race Thursday night. What do you yeah. think? Matt, well, I, Matt, I know you had to work and couldn't make it up for the race Thursday night, but yep. Bodie, you and I... Not a true friend. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Two-thirds of the podcast were at the race on Thursday night. Uh, no, it was great. This was the the first installment of the Mississippi Cyclocross Project Thursday night, weeknight cyclocross series. That's a long name. Way too many words yeah, in there, I'm it's sure. It's a bit of a mouthful, not quite a catchy phrase, but it is a four-week, weeknight, cyclocross series, training series, short mm-hmm. short track, mountain bike, slash cyclocross training series at the Ridges and Trails. Oh, hey, it's reminiscent of what you and I just finished doing with the Crit Series Wednesday night here in New Orleans. This yeah. is Rolando's The Cyclocross Answer to the Pontchartrain Beach Summer Series. Also a mouthful. Yeah. PBSS. But uh, he needs a cool acronym like us. Well, maybe we can think about that and try to give it one. But for now, let's just call it the Weeknight Cross Series in Ridgeland. And this was race number one. Again, like you say, short course. What was it? Third of a, about a third of a mile. It was tiny. Yeah, tiny, fast, fast laps. Uh, a couple dismounts on every well, lap. Very technical course, though, right? I would say it was it was fast in time, but it didn't feel fast in bike driving. Uh, it, it had rained, and then the rain moved away, but it was a steamy Mississippi evening. Mm. Um, very humid. Air was thick. Standing water on the course. Standing water on the course. So yeah, not not you wasn't a, you weren't moving very fast on that course, but you were getting around it quickly because it was so short. Uh, but it was a good a technical. Uh, course he, he he shoehorned into that sort of area of ridge and trails and i thought it had a lot of good examples of features you found on courses turns to off cambers um downhills into mud pits and sweeper turns stairs barriers uh really good uh really good setup rolando so i'm excited to race on some of your courses later this season yeah i think rolando is a very good uh course designer and uh, definitely packed a lot of features into that very short course. Unfortunately, the slowest part of the course was the home stretch. Coming up, uh, you you did some barriers and then remounted and sort of came up a long slog, very slight uphill and soggy and past the, uh, the timing tent. And that's where everybody was hanging out. And, um, you know, usually when you, you're passing the, the spectators, you like to be looking fast and strong, but uh, no one was looking fast and strong up that home stretch. Uh, maybe, maybe not even Jonathan Page. I don't know. You know, not everybody was hanging out by the timing tent. During your race, Towns, and in the B race, there was people hanging up at the top of the Fred of Stairs. That's right. Uh, giving out hand-ups. And I was disappointed to see that they were not there during the A race. Yeah, um, that was a lot of fun. And, uh, well, you want to get into, to, mm-hmm. we don't want to get into a big play-by-play. I did both races. I started both races, at least. Uh, the B race was the first race of the evening. Or there's some kids' races first, and that was great. A lot of kids came out, um, had a couple kids' categories, an under 10 and then a, uh, and an over 10 race. Uh, so the B race uh, got off uh, to a good start for me. I got the whole shot. and Yeah, you were crushing it. About midway through the first lap. 
uh, had a pretty big lead. I mean, at least a few seconds on second place. Unfortunately, the uh, kids race before the B race had used a slightly shortened version of the already short course, and they had forgotten to put some of the tape back. Uh, And so we came to an area, I was the first one to get to it because I was in first place, uh, where there were two ways to go. And I had pre-ridden the course and I knew which way it went, but you know how it goes. You just, you sometimes in the, in the midst of a race, you just hesitate for half a second. And I did, I started going the, the one way, then realized I needed to go back the other way and, uh, totally wiped out, pretty much lost my entire lead. I still managed to stay in first, but, uh, lost the cushion that I had and, uh, ended up, uh, racing back and forth a bit with uh, Shannon Estes, who ultimately uh, pipped me for the win. But I have to say, and Bodie, I think you'll agree, it was the most competitive I'd ever been in a cyclocross race, closest I ever came to winning a cyclocross race. Yeah, you were looking uh, good out there. Your dad form was on point, and I think you are really benefiting from the uh, Bummer Bodie Thursday night CX Skills and Drills Clinics here in New Orleans. I'm going to have to agree with you on that one. And uh, also, I want to say I really appreciate you and... uh, Emily and the rest of the crew that had come up from New Orleans and the, all the folks that were out there, uh, Allison and Lewis Harkey, who put us up for the weekend and were out at the race. Everybody was uh, screaming and cheering for me and felt really, really cool to be at the sharp end of the race. Speaking of Emily, there also was a women's race, but mm-hmm. there were only two women who showed up. So Emily and Leslie Robinson raced each other uh but they were technically in the a and b race but uh emily got the win on that one uh good to see them both out there and then we had the a race which kind of a few minutes before the race started this little minivan pulls up and who steps out but uh mr jonathan page and zach came up to me was like jonathan page just got here oh my god um, it was a cool, I mean, it was a little bit of a, I don't know, what's the word, starstruck? I mean, not so much, but, you know, it's like kind of a living legend in cyclocross. And, yeah. hey, there he was, just like a normal dude, you know, pulling out of Rolando's minivan, you know. Well, and it turns out he's just a normal dude. Totally normal dude. Yeah. Down to earth, super friendly. Very much so. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, the starstruck thing sort of, I mean, it didn't wear off in the sense, but it was it was completely undercut by his every man sort of cool just down to earth personality instantly approachable and super cool to talk to and there was you know nothing awkward at all i've ridden bikes with you know you know other sort of you know air quote bike celebrities and and there's always a little bit of an air of like you know do you want to ride up to him and talk to him you want to say something is it going to be awkward you know there was none of that at all he was just it was just like a super chill new friend and great dude to to talk to and ride bikes with. But yeah, yeah. really felt like I like I just kind of at the end of the week, and I just kind of felt like oh, we just had a new pal in our in our friend group, in our cycling group. Like I kind of expect to like see Jonathan Page out on Thursday riding bikes with us, but that's not gonna happen. Yeah, but maybe we'll have him on the podcast. Yeah, he yeah, seemed we, interested in chatting with us a little bit I more think about we should. things. Yeah, so we all lined up uh, together in the A race. Yeah, um, we actually got in a tiny bit of tire talk. At the start line. Come on. Let's talk about tires. Let's talk about FMB. Dugast. That's right. Mm. That was great. We I looked over to see what kind of tires he was running, and they were uh, Dugast. I don't know what the Dugast Griffo tread is called. Oh, that is the Typhoon. The Typhoon. Yeah. 
That's what he had on. Mm-hmm. Classic Grifo tread. Yep. Yep. And I was on my Trano dries, and I was a little bit worried about that because, like we said, the, the course is wet. Mm. But I got to say, those Trano dries held up pretty well at that course, except for the one part where it's a little bit of slightly uphill and there was no grass. Hmm. My back wheel slid out a bit, but there was enough grass around. And then like the lower part, I could kind of ride around that section. So still, still holding out on those Trano drives. We'll see how long I ride those into the cross season. So uh, Jonathan Page did not get the whole shot. Did not. Scott Cuppersmith got the whole shot. Mm-hmm. He did. And I we- pulled out of my cleat because I was chomping at the bit. I mean, like, look. I know he's, I'm not going to like do well in this race, but to get the whole shot, even if it's like a weeknight race against Jonathan Page, like, come on. You hang that on my Palmares board. Uh, but I didn't get it. Cup gets the whole shot. And I'm around like third or fourth, feeling pretty good, having a good time, really enjoying myself for a few laps. Um, and at some point, um, I'm kind of on John's wheel, um, but he eventually rides away. And I did. I put in a good solid like three to four laps, mind you. These are like two minute laps, so that was yeah eight minutes. Um, and then I blew up. The wheels came off. Yeah, I found that after the first lap, I was right back to where I was at the end of that bees race, which was you know max heart rate, just dying. I managed about four laps in the race. Waited until uh, Paige came around and lapped me. Tried to follow him for uh, just a bit, just to see if I could follow his lines and you know just kind of check it out and ride behind him for a bit. But he was he was just too fast, and I was just way too blown up. So I I pulled the uh, rip cord and took myself out of the race. And then I guess you did a couple more laps and pulled yourself after that. Uh, Jonathan Page ended up winning the race. Uh, surprise, surprise. But uh, Scott Cuppersmith, to his credit, finished maybe you know a minute behind him. Um, was the one person in that race that that Page did not lap? He did not lap, Scott. And um, are we sure about that? I'm sure about that. Mm. He did okay. not. He, I thought he, he did. He lapped the field all the way up to uh, Jack White, who finished third, but he did not lap Coppersmith. Huh. Okay. And uh, so that was that. That was uh, a blast. We had a cool little podium ceremony. Uh, took some photos. Uh, John Page was riding his kind human kudu. I have a kudu myself. Got some great photos. Sent them off to Adam at Kind Human, and uh, you know, just had a, had a fun fun time that night. Yeah, uh, I shared with I shared some Urban South beers with him. He was happy to try some local. Local brews. I think he, I think he liked the lemon, the lime cucumber go from Urban South. In the intro to our um, Friday night Ask a Pro session, which we played as the cold open to this podcast tonight, uh, was saying that uh, Paige had invited us to go on a bike ride on Friday. The reality is, we invited him to come on a ride that uh, that we had set up, or mm-hmm. some friends of ours had set up. And, and that was a great ride. We, we met the next morning at Bicycle Revolution uh, bike shop in Gluckstad, Mississippi that uh, our friends Jeremy and Paula Polk own. And uh, the shop wasn't open yet, but we parked our cars there and got ourselves uh, ready to rock and roll and did about a, what, two and a half hour ride? Yeah, 40 miles. And uh, nice mix of road and gravel, country roads. Yeah, but you roads. left out like the best part. 
Oh, was that uh, Shannon Estes getting himself ready to go in the cowboy boots? Well, that was pretty good. That was a good moment, too. And then the best part, though, I mean, Paige showed up on the bike that he raced the night before. Oh, right, yeah. His cross bike with tubulars. Yeah. And mm-hmm. as I look over, he's folding up a brand new tubular tire to put in his jersey pocket in case he got a flat. Yeah, that was that was pretty uh, Euro Pro, right? There, Very Euro Pro. Mm-hmm. I mean, he didn't he didn't use a toe strap to tie it to the saddle or anything. But and you asked him about how he was going to reattach it, and was he going to bring glue? And he said no. He just would rip off the uh, flat one and put that on there and pump it up. And yeah, yeah I think he was day. basically saying if he put enough pressure in it, it would hold itself at right. least enough to get him home. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we you know did a nice ride i mean that was to me that was kind of one of the one of the coolest parts of the weekend was just kind of being out on a being out on a bike ride and hanging out and chatting like you chat with people on bikes and again as we've alluded to already page totally down to earth guy easy to talk to a lot of fun said it was Um, his longest ride he'd been on in the entire year (coughs) yeah i got the impression and i don't know maybe he said as much but uh i got the impression that he after nats last year which was his swan song um, he shut it down pretty hard. Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's, yeah. yeah what he, he said he'd done basically a handful of rides since January. He, yeah, I yeah. Don't think, you know, who knows? It might have been the same tires from Nats that were on his cross bike. Um, but yeah, that was fun getting on new roads, uh, Mississippi. Uh, thanks to Jack Porter for organizing that ride. And, uh, you know, we did this probably about 10 miles of gravel and like 30 miles of road, but we kind of meandered around, went through a, was it a wildlife preserve or a, some yeah. sort of area where we had to fill out cards and let them know what our intentions were for being there. Mm. Um, some folks hunt on these grounds, I suppose. And Zach, pretty funnily, put it that he was hunting for Strava segments. <laughs> um, we did go hard a few times on some of the gravel roads. And that last gravel bit, Zach Thomas had the honor of riding Z- uh, Jonathan Page off his wheel. Oh. Uh, I mean, I, obviously, you know, don't know how hard Paige tried exactly. to keep him from riding. Yeah, I mean, off he was wheel, he but... was sort of riding in the front with us, and then we would kind of go hard and gravel. He would drift back and ride with Emily and Jack, and obviously he he's uh, well adjusted enough not to have to race down every amateur Joe Blow who gently challenges them, you know, on a ride. It's not like he has anything to prove. Exactly. There you go. Thank you, Matt. That's what I was looking for. He has nothing to prove. Right. Um, but in that moment, when there was like four of us all going hard on the gravel segment, you're like, I'm going hard with Jonathan Page. It was a cool thing. Um, Very cool. It's all in video. So maybe I'll share that later. Mm. So we all went home and showered up after that and then reconvened at the Burgers and Blues for the Ask a Pro. Uh, I don't know. We recorded some audio from that, including the intro that you heard earlier in the podcast. We may pull some snippets out of that and see if there's anything uh, uh, of interest for the for the podcast. But how did you guys feel? I thought it was a pretty good conversation. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was great. Um, it was really interesting to learn. You know, I mean, I was really fascinated by you know him going to Europe, basically. You know, very much in the way like we, you know, we talked with Thomas Gibbons. It's like you know, just showing up and not yeah. really knowing anybody and having to kind of figure your way out. And obviously, you know, for, from his point of view, it was really endearing that he'd made some real lifelong friends from from being over there. You know, people who've stayed with him for the rest of his life. And uh, and I think he was very 
one thing that came across to me was like he was very um, down with the Belgian hard work ethic. Yes, indeed. Yeah. That that struck me the most too was his his idea that one of the reasons that the Americans and mostly the men are not able to compete at that at the level of the Euros is, is that they're pampered essentially or they have it too easy, mm-hmm. which you would think that you know having not having to work a side job and just to focus completely on your training that would be the the right way to go um but i mean obviously jonathan has experienced it it sounds like you know he said the last few years of his career he was working full-time on other things yeah um as a landscaper i mean yeah super interesting um not what i expected to hear a lot of times and uh yeah and eye-opening to, to that point it you know about about working hard and and sort of having to uh, to do more than just work at cycling but to work at life uh, as well he said that he thought that was one of the reasons that some of the american women had done better in europe uh, because women more than men typically have to do that have they, they they sort of can't support yeah. themselves with cycling, so they have to have right. a full time job on the side and be a pro cyclist. Yeah, and many times be a mother. Yeah, uh, and uh, you know all of the other things that 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 women do in addition to cycling. He said makes them and and he said it as exactly. He said you know it makes them harder, stronger. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was really cool. That was uh, that was my big takeaway from it as well. So. And, and that really came through, I felt like, in the clinic as well. I mean, he's very sort of, um, he's really old school when it comes to his outlook on cycling. I mean, it's just all about work. We were, we were talking at the table after the, <coughs> after the Q&A, having, uh, having a burger together, the, mm-hmm. the four of us. And I happened to mention um, that I was thinking about not wearing my heart rate monitor anymore while I raced. And honestly, the reason I was saying I was going to do it or was going to stop doing it is because it's always the same story. It's just max heart rate the whole time. So why even bother? It's just, you know, it, 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 the real, only thing it's really doing is, is slightly restricting my ability to, to breathe by having a strap around my chest. Um, it's not like I'm looking at the numbers and doing anything differently. They're just always really, really high and cross. But anyway, so I said, I'm going to think, I'm thinking about stopping wearing my heart rate monitor and his eyes kind of lit up like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's all about the feel, bro. Yeah. I mean, it was interesting. I was like, you know, what are some drills I can do to like work on cornering? He's like, we'll just go ride your bike around corners a lot. I mean, yeah. it was more like try different situations. I mean, I guess he had a little more you know, try different techniques, go out in different conditions, but he wasn't sort of like caught up in like the, you know, data jargon. Yeah, he's that. not, a, he's not a data numbers guy. Yeah. Is yeah. He? It's just, you know, it's like, but he also had some good points. He's like, you know, go to a, like, he's like, you don't need a built cyclocross course. Like right. go to a schoolyard yeah. and you can create a cross course yep. and, you know, you can find a sand pit somewhere you can yeah. find this somewhere you know you can find a little you can make your own off camber turn you know you can basically in your own head create this line that yeah. you need to follow and stuff and, and that and, to me was like hey man the the dirt church rides hello um were <laughs> very you got me very good 
in that we were sort of just going out and riding and attacking the off cambers and attacking mm-hmm. that hill in city park and then you know riding the bumping stretch as hard as we could for a while and that's actually a really good training ride as yeah. opposed to just you know 10 hot laps yeah right? no i mean i that 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 uh that ride has uh jonathan page written all over it indeed as best i can tell well we're talking about his ideas about training that's a good segue into the saturday clinic that we that we did uh with him we were all there for that um yep. i thought that was great we alluded to it a bit earlier um biggest takeaway from the clinic for me was that uh, Jonathan Page teaches the step-through dismount method. Yeah, kind of shocking. Although not shocking now knowing Jonathan Page, but shocking at a clinic in 2018, Right. the step-through is being taught. Yeah, I mean, even as long as, or as, I guess, you know, five years ago when we did the, the cross clinic in, in Lafayette, um, the step-through even then had already almost it sounded at least from the, the the folks that were teaching that clinic that the the step through had just been uh, you know banished to the to the dustbin of history uh, except for marion boss yeah um but you know i think uh one thing we did i think we all definitely discovered that if you're coming in hot into uh, a set of barriers you can run them faster with the step through easier there is absolutely no doubt in my mind. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I felt faster over barriers than I'd ever felt before in that, in that clinic. So, I, you know, I mean, it's no joke. Uh, I was surprised. I was a little bit wary. It felt super awkward. Mm-hmm. I kind of thought, you know, wow, I've spent the last five years trying to get really good at doing it the way I was taught it. And here I'm going to try to relearn the whole thing maybe this is going to be a waste of time i was skeptical well you know it's another tool to have in the arsenal and like you guys said in certain situations it comes up and it's good to have these skills and it's interesting because this last week and 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 talking about skills that are, are, are slightly off i saw ellen noble crash and then remount drive side mm-hmm just because that's where she was on the bike, that was the fastest way to get back on the bike. So right. normally you, you mount a non-drive side. Just the idea that in certain situations you have certain tools to use. And so, I, yeah, I was a little frustrated at first. I'm like, why am I doing a step through? But it put me totally out of my comfort zone. And I crashed like four times that day. Uh, you guys all saw it many times. Super funny. <laughs> <laughs> I hope there's video of it somewhere. Probably not. Um, but yeah, now I feel a little better with the step through. And you know what the step through taught me was the pre-unclip on the left foot. Yeah. Which in the clinic in Lafayette, they taught us the pre-unclip. Yeah. But none of us ended up following it. None of us did that because it's such a weird, awkward feeling. Yeah. Um, but now I'm committed to learning the pre-unclip, um, for both dismounts. Yeah. The only thing that I regret about the weekend is that the race was before the clinic instead of mm. after the clinic i would have loved to have done the clinic with page gone for a ride and then had the race right obviously that's just not the way the timing of it worked out it wasn't set up to work out that way but i was dying to do a race 
on the heels of learning those skills to sort of see how it played out race format. So. Well, bro, you could have came to the gravel race on Sunday and there was some stairs to traverse and you could have totally stepped through on your way up those stairs. Yes, and I probably would have left my hamstring on the uh, at the base of those stairs as well. Would have fallen out of the back of my leg. <laughs> Can't even visually imagine that. Just pop and fall out of my leg. So clinic, uh, one of the fun things with the clinic was the the skidding drills, the hour of skidding. <laughs> I don't think it was quite an hour, but we did do that it's, for quite a while. It it it, it was fun. Um, <coughs> I enjoyed that, and there's some great video, Townsend, of you and John Page skidding around that corner together, um, side by side, side by side. Yeah, pretty and quickly. Pretty mm. quickly. Yeah, I mean that that was also something I never. I mean, I've sort of adopted that. That you know, what did you call it? Uh, trail breaking is that the term? That's yeah. what they that's what they call it in, in mountain biking, right? Where you where you it's something we see like Vanderpool does it a lot. Yeah, right. Um, and it's something I've adopted at the people's course. There's a certain turn on, on the top where you come down, and, and it kind of helps to trail break. Um, but to really like go into it and like to really like tear up the grass and lean forward with your leg out and. Yeah. Uh, you know him, John the Page, trying to get my girlfriend Emily to to learn how to skid, and it was great. That was that was that was a lot of fun. I'm excited to do more of that. Yeah, so, coming wrap into a corner near you. Yeah, it's definitely a very sort of motocross style thing, and uh, you know, going back to the early days of mountain biking, that's how they would basically turn the corners on the clunkers. You know, it was just basically they only had a back brake on those things, just and lock it up, and just throw lock it, it around, and and, ah, and, and okay. And let it get sideways. Yeah. All right. Well, Bodie, you mentioned the the Sunday gravel race. Um, you went. I have already mentioned that I sat that one out to try to recoup just a little bit. How did that race go? Went pretty well. Um, I got second to Big Bois, Bouquois, and Zach Thomas around at the, the men's open podium. But fun little race. Kurt Jaron put that on. It was about a four-mile circuit. You guys did four laps, kind of yeah, a mix of gravel so. and grass. I watched the video that, that Buqua shot. Did you watch was, all of it? I watched almost all of it. Yeah, it was a rear-facing rear facing video. Once he dropped me, you didn't really need to watch yeah. anymore. Well, so I want to talk about that for a second because <laughs> you were you were right on him. It was great. It was like, you know, Bodie front and center. It was basically 27 minutes of <laughs> of you riding your bike because literally it was shot from, you know, the rear-facing camera on Buqua's bike and you were on his wheel for the first 27 minutes of the race and then there came a moment in time where you could see uh you know buqua had his data up on there too his heart rate and his watts and all that and you see is he was going about 280 290 watts pretty steady which is a massive number for somebody like me but he's a big guy so i guess that's you know sub threshold for him um going about 280 290 watts and you were right on his wheel and then all of a sudden you saw that watt meter go up to about 330 340 and you could just kind of see you just make the decision to pull the ripcord and 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 uh, eject and and literally within 15 seconds couldn't even see you anymore <laughs> <laughs> yep yeah no he rode me off his wheel I, I just decided that if i continued to stay on his wheel that i was going to blow up and that i'd better just call it early and try and stave off my second place mm-hmm. um which, to to give Zach a lot of credit, I didn't. Zach rode his wit, rode his ass back up to me, 
And we had a little battle for about half a lap. Mm. And uh, he put in a couple digs, but I answered him. And then on the last straightaway, he uh, put in a half-hearted attack. I think he was pretty much done for, and I dusted him in the sprint. Um, took second place. But, yeah, fun fun course uh, out and back. Um, there's a new gravel road in the swamp that we uh, we used. And to get back to the other side of the levee wall, you had to climb these very narrow steel graded steps pretty treacherous um one person at a time for sure whoever got to the stairs first dictated the speed and if you're behind them you had to follow that speed which is fine most people went slow and it was sort of a break but the thing was that coming down was pretty scary too so if you got the stairs first you got your bike and you're gone and the next person you're like just trying to get down the stairs um but it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was great. I mean, it was, you know, it was a gravel crit essentially. I guess. I mean, I was talking to you, Towns, about how could we sanction this event and and what kind of category would it be in? Um, is it a road race? Is it a cross race? You do dismount the bike to go up some stairs. So it seems like, can you do that in a road race? Hmm. I Never looked at seen the, it. Yeah, and you, you certainly don't see it. Um, I read the USAC rules about road races, and it certainly doesn't say anything about a prohibition against getting off your bike or having to get off your bike. Uh, it's obviously not normally part of a road race, and the cyclocross rules do specifically talk about obstacles and things of that nature so it would seem to fit in to the description of a cyclocross race uh, more but i don't think that there's any reason that you couldn't permit it as a gravel road race yeah Mm -hmm. um so anyway so what i realized is that so far we've had three sort of underground unsanctioned gravel races in our area yeah will has won two of them Mm. i won one i've now come second we need a fourth one um, maybe to, on some of that gravel that we were exploring over on the North Shore. Maybe, or we do another one on the 40 Arpent Canal, sort of make it even. You had two on the West Bank, two on the East Bank. Mm-hmm. Um, we can cl- we can crown a New Orleans underground gravel king. Sounds good. And queen. And queen. Yeah, shout out to Emily who won the women's race. <coughs> yep. Who showed up saying, I don't really like gravel and I'm just here to be a body Mm. and rode away from the two little ladies. So, kudos. kudos. Mm. <laughs> Pinch poke, you owe me a Coke. Um, well, speaking of cross... Yes. Hashtag cross is here. It is. It is here. Uh, Rochester was Rot- this weekend, right? Yeah. Uh, Rochester. Rochester. Uh, first C1 in the States. Mm. Uh, there was a live stream, but it was on Flow Bikes, and on the way back from Ridgeland... Emily said, I just paid the 30 bucks to watch the live stream. Damn. So we got home and were able to watch the replay of both the men's and women's race. And then we watched them both on Sunday. Decent stream. Uh, not the best amount of coverage, but they did have a drone that kind of filled in some of the gaps. Yeah. Um, That's cool. Yeah, it was not bad. Uh, was it worth 30 bucks? I don't know. But glad that I can watch. Well, wait, this was, was 30, 30 bucks, bucks for just that race? Just that race. For the month. Okay. So there's one other race. Oh. Reno Cross. We'll get to have, we'll get to watch Reno Cross. Okay. Um, so Magalie Rocher uh, wins both days. Yep. She's a former Cliff Luna rider. I believe so. Who's Cliff, she racing for now? Her own team, CX okay. Fever, presented by Specialized. Mm. Uh, she's decided to focus 
purely on cross this year. Okay. And I mean, hey, to start off your new season with a new team with two wins and a C1, C2 is great. Yeah. She won both days. She won both days, went out just super fast, super hard. Uh, her and El Noble, you know, kind of going head to head on day one and Magali got her. And then day two, <laughs> Ellen Noble, she mentioned that she hadn't been used to kind of a, that's a shorter effort than her mountain bike stuff. Uh, Ellen Noble went out hard for day two, got mm. a gap, but then crashed twice in the first lap. Um, was down in like eighth place, but I guess her legs are feeling good because she battled her way all the way up to uh, second. Okay. Again. So, so it's the same one, two, both days. Same one, two, both days. Yep. I uh, don't have who got third in front of me, but uh, in the men's race, Stephen Hyde, Kerry Warner, Tobin Ortenblad, kind of all together, uh, mm-hmm. but Stephen Hyde rode away from them and won. Kerry Warner got second, Tobin got third. Uh, day two, Stephen Hyde won again, but this time was a really good battle between him and Jeremy Powers. Jay Powell looked good. Jay Powell looked like last year's Nationals good. Or was this, he there on the first day? He was, yeah. He got like eighth. Yeah. Uh, so kind of the same thing, kind of, you know, that first day. Even <coughs> Kate, Katie Anthony said, you know, kind of got to burn out the cobwebs, get mm. get your legs used to the, the these, you know, these race efforts. And they both came back the next day stronger. But real good, really good to see Jay Powell back at it with a new team. Yep. Riding Fuji bikes, the Pactimo Pactimo Fuji. Fuji, yeah. Um, we also learned that uh, Jonathan Page will be riding Fuji bikes again. Yeah. Uh, so both Jay Powell and Jay Page on Fuji this year. As mm, soon as I sell my Fuji, <laughs> these dudes are all on Fujis. Yeah. You get a kind human. Jonathan Page moves back to yeah. Oh well. Um, so yeah, so Hyde looking super strong, um, excited to see what's going to happen. Let's see, this upcoming weekend is... These are those crazy Chinese cross races coming up this weekend, aren't they? Well, there's already been one, uh, the Squid Squad were at, they were out racing in China. Uh, they also raced in Australia the week before, and, uh, Sammy Runnels won in australia I know she did yeah that. she won did she won two races huh mm, possibly we, we probably could yeah. be prepared and pull it up we, we but could uh, be but we're not i guess next this weekend is nittany lion cross i'm not that is a well i wonder who is going to that event the uci doesn't really show start lists well let's talk about the big stuff that's coming up because you're going to be at these two races um Trek Cup in Waterloo, Wisconsin, and Jingle Cross. First two World Cup races of the calendar coming up at the end of this month. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, Just checked in uh, to see when I need to turn in my media accreditation accreditation, accreditation? Accreditation. requests Mm. uh, coming up in this week. Trying to get that together. Uh, Anybody who listens to our podcast who wants to hire a photographer to shoot for those two races... I'm available. Um, yeah, gonna. I'm trying to figure out who's all going to be there. Like I said, I haven't seen any start list yet. Um, you know, the World Cups are a <coughs> national team selection, although I think if it's a World Cup in your home country, that country is allowed more starting positions. So mm. it's just not like anybody can sign up to be uh, in the World Cup. Yeah. You, can't, you can't just buy a UCI license and, and go. 
Um, so maybe that's why they haven't quite decided. Because I think the the national team selection is sort of based on your UCI ranking. Um, so yeah, I think I think the I think the U.S. gets about fifteen riders. Okay, could be wrong. Hmm. Well, I know one person who is going to be there. Uh, I just saw that was it yesterday. Is that uh, Wout Van Aert will be there? Yes. Uh, I'm curious to see how his form's going to be. Mm. Now, Matthew Vanderpool did not go to the U.S. races last year. Is that right? He did. He was. He did. Yeah, right. he did. He won the trek. Uh, oh, that was. The, I'm sorry. That was the year before that. I'm thinking of. He's, yeah, he, he skipped. Didn't he win both? Pretty sure he did win both. He definitely won Trek, uh, uh, Water World Cup Waterloo, as it's called. Yeah. Uh, he won that with Sonicant winning that. Um, so yeah, I'm just I'm curious if Wow, what's he been doing? You know, full road season, pretty much full road season. I mean, is he building up? I think for he's later in the season, or he's going to come in hot. I mean, I, he was a little last year. He was like twelfth in the World uh, Cup Waterloo, so. Yeah, I think the heat got to him a little bit, didn't it? But I saw that he's, um, I think he's got 30 races on his schedule. There's a bunch of races he's not doing, but he is doing all the World Cups. 30? Yeah. 30 cross races? Yeah. I think so. <laughs> God, that's so many. And then it's a light schedule? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. What's kind of exciting is that the weather looks to be somewhat tolerable. Okay, not um, as hot. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's like in the 70s up there right now in Wisconsin. So last year it was brutal. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, hopefully it stays that way. So uh, speaking of uh, Wout and MVDP et al. and European stuff, uh, there's a little race going on in Europe right now. Yeah, still going on. Still going on, yeah. There's a couple little races going on in Europe. And I, I got it, guys. I'm kind of out of it. So you guys mm. need to... Filming in what's happening with the Volta. Well, the Volta is kind of interesting. Uh, we just had three days of mountain finishes, so uh, this this last weekend got. It really kind of lit up in the Volta. Okay, I'm guessing Valverde is in red. No, he's not. Ooh. But he might be tomorrow. Might be by the time people are, <laughs> yes. by the time people are listening to this podcast, he's about twenty odd seconds down. What's 20... the GC? Give me the top three GC. Yates. Yates. Okay. Valverde. Mm-hmm. Okay. Quintana. Ooh, Quintana. Yeah. Oh, sniffing but around a podium. But, I tell you what, Quintana. Yeah. Of even though Quintana's sitting in third, over these last three days, he's the one guy who's looked like not quite there. Yeah, he's not. He has not really been animating much or or doing much other than kind of hanging on in the mountains the last few days. Uh, Valverde's looked great. Yeah, he looked like he. Um, well, yesterday he looked like he was getting dropped, but he came back and actually, you know, finished ahead of Quintana. Right. So but on, it was, on it the was, rest day, like today is the rest day of Volta. Yeah. Is Valverde in uh, like a cryogenic? He's in his cave coffin yeah yeah. somewhere he's in a dark room drinking blood (laughs) like i mean does the movistar team have to unfortunately like pull some unsuspecting spaniards off the mountain and you know hey there's a there's a signing behind (coughs) the bus and bring valverde's victims to him yeah probably okay something like that 
let the bloodletting begin. Yeah. Uh, but, but no, so he so there's a time trial tomorrow. It's about a thirty odd k time trial. Thirty two k, I think. Uh, Valverde, being a much better time trialist than than Quintana, certainly should put some time into uh, Quintana. Question is whether he's got twenty six seconds to make up on Yates, and probably so. Yates is not that great of a time trialist well, either. Both the Yates brothers have vastly improved their time trialing, so. That's a that's a tough one to say. Maybe I don't know. Yates looks honestly. Yates has looked very strong, hasn't he? But he also looks like he's holding himself back a little bit. You know, I think from the experience of the Giro, he seems to be just keeping a little bit in reserve and kind of trying to rein himself in a bit uh, for the third week. But you know, because there's going to be some monster climbing in Andorra. Uh, towards the end of the race, which is where he lives right now. And so there'll be climbs he's very used to. What the hell happened to <coughs> Kelderman, my GC help and my fantasy squad? He's Not still good, hanging in there. Yeah, but he didn't have a great... Uh, Six minutes back. Yeah. He, no, but he's still top 10. Mm, he's 12th. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, he, he didn't... A lot, a lot of guys got found out. Uran didn't have the best day. He lost Ooh. a, he lost a bit yesterday as well. Uh, Two twenty-seven. I said that. I said a medium take that he would be on the podium at the end. Mm. Doesn't sound like your medium it's, takes. It's looking out. more. So, is it turning into a spicy burrito take? Mm. It would be super spicy if you made it now. So, if you want to say it, just like <laughs> take a big bite of a ghost pepper and come with it. Uh, no, I don't have that much faith in them. Yeah, uh, Superman Lopez is looking pretty strong. Uh, he's got a very strong team. Astana's team is very strong, and they really worked hard for him yesterday. Boy, they had six guys on the front at one point. I mean, yeah. I, they, they just uh, literally almost their entire team. Yeah, um, just uh, trying to chase down breaks. But it, you know, it, and, and with, for good reason because mm-hmm. breaks in this <coughs> Welta have had an unusually high success rate yeah i mean yeah. there have been a number of breaks that have stayed away that's right yeah well the day before yesterday kwiatkowski was in the break and that probably i mean that really was the break's demise having him in there and but, he, he held in until right before the right before they got onto the final climb uh which was another classic vuelta where the hell did they find this brutal thing from uh incredibly steep climb like 20 odd degree sections on it short you know like three four k or whatever but but just absolutely you know shockingly brutal well and speaking of breaks and now winning teed from up breaks, that segue yeah and matt went straight into the Walter trivia yeah about climbs so speaking of, of breaks and winning from breaks um our fellow countrymen not yours matt but me and, me and bodies yeah. uh ben king has won now Twice, well, no, only one once from the break, and the other was. Uh, I think they were both from the break. Well, I guess the they break. were both from the break, weren't yeah. they? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Ben King, ride of his life, tour of his career. Um, kudos, Mr. Ben King. Yeah, ride of his life twice within a week. Yep. Yeah, uh, just kind of outstanding uh, time right now for American cyclists on the world stage and we'll get to some more of that later but uh i just thought it was super rad uh, and i'm sure many obviously many people have that ben king has won two stages in this tour uh 
been around for quite some time. Uh, always a strong rider, a guy you see in the break a lot. Um, and I guess, you know, winning from the break is, is, is one of those things where you gamble on it, and a lot of times it doesn't pay off, but when it does, it's it's pretty rewarding. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I kind of want to talk about Ben King just a little bit. I feel like maybe some people... I mean, he's not the biggest... You know, he's no TJ Van Garderen. Um, he's no Andrew Tolansky, now triathlete. Yeah. Uh, but he's been around. He has some accolades. Uh, I don't know if you all know this, but Ben King was a national champ back in 2010. I did know that. He Eight was a years ago. junior national champ before that. Also, and he won in 2010 from a break that I believe that went from the gun. Um, so it was a similar thing, a long day. Hard, real hard racing. They say that Ben King's the kind of guy that, kind of like a Tish Banu, you know, mm-hmm. needs the race to be super hard. A lot of attrition uh, needs to come down. Needs to whittle down the field. Uh, and he's the guy who wins. And I think in, in, in that national championship race, there might have been guys like Hincapi and, um, sure. I don't know, some of the Tylers and yeah. Hamiltons and maybe yeah. a Lance. Um, maybe a Dave Sabrisky might have been. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe a Vandervelde. Possibly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Just uh, stoked on the guy and uh, saw that he signed with Dimension Data, got mm-hmm. a new contract. Yeah. Um, I wonder if that was in talks before or after. No, I think that just happened uh, the other day, right? Because I was wondering, maybe he could go somewhere else, and you know, maybe he could go to back to EF. Or the new BMC team and, and replace TJ and be what? I mean, he's our new Grand Tour contender, right? Apparently. Yeah, well, you know what they, uh, you know what they say about uh, Ben King and uh, TJ Van Garderen, huh? No. Neither, <laughs> neither of them's probably ever going to win a Grand Tour, and at least one of them knows it. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that Ben King is not going to be a GC hope. Um, he's doing the kind of thing he needs to be doing, and I hope he gets more wins like that. But, I mean, sh- now he's done it twice in one Grand Tour. Who knows uh, if it'll happen again. He well, seems a lot younger than TJ, but TJ is actually only six months older than Ben King. Hmm. Yeah, I did not know that. Uh, he, uh, Well, you know, winning breeds confidence, doesn't it? So hmm. a couple of wins like that in a big, big race like the Vuelta. Um, yeah, I think we could maybe see some some more exciting things from him. Um, well, speaking of fellow countrymen, I've noticed that there are no sky at all anywhere near the top of this GC board. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm, 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 <coughs> I'm, when is Teo Gegenhardt going to get in the break and win? Uh, well, he got in the break yesterday, okay, and he didn't win. The the uh, best placed sky rider uh was uh de la cruz for a while and then he had a bad day just in one of the last couple stages he was you yeah. know top 10 gc for for a minute there yeah i mean kwiatkowski was almost was kwiatkowski was the virtual uh lead i think for a, for a moment the day before um but there was no way they were going to let that break stay away and they certainly didn't i saw that uh harada mm Jesus Harada got in a big break, and yeah. took took the red. Yes, he did. Held it for a couple of days. Um, that was kind of cool. Yeah, he yes. had a three three odd minute lead yeah. for yeah. a minute in, uh, in on GC. 
had to make had to make some people a little bit nervous, but I, I, I guess they figured he was not the kind of guy that was going to be able to hold any sort of a lead like that. But that's a that's a big lead to spot somebody on GC this late in the race. Well, right? I think they knew seeing what was coming this weekend. Uh, they knew that they could they could peg him back uh, pretty easily with that. But uh, yeah, there's some uh, some interesting uh, some interesting young uh, talents showing up uh, in the in this race. It's it's an interesting Vuelta. It's like even though Yates has a lead, it doesn't feel like we really figured out the GC just yet. Anything could happen. Well, you know why that is. Why? This is the first Grand Tour where there's no Sky Train at the front. This is a good point. There's no well, yeah. There's no there's no Sky Train. Sky didn't really come there with a real, GC, you know, bona fide GC contender. They didn't come with Froome for a change, which yeah. they haven't done for quite some time. Exactly. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's been a while. And uh, there's no Dumoulin as well. So there's nobody like that. Uh, kudos to Thibaut Pino winning the stage yesterday. That's right. That was a great result for him. While Looked good doing it and... Jumped himself up to fifth overall on GC. Yeah, I mean, wow. Superman Lopez and Quintana were having a Colombian uh, face-off, and he just took advantage of that and just rode away. Is yeah. that what I, was that what the uh, the Superman Quintana beef is? Well, apparently, there's no love lost between the two of them, and uh, you know. The day before, Quintana, uh, Quintana had Superman was just basically sitting on his wheel the whole way up the climb and would not work with him, and Quintana was not happy about that. Uh, and then, Colombian face-off, huh? Mm, Colombian sounds face-off. Like, sounds like something that involves a lot of, co- <laughs> a lot of cocaine. I, well, I saw a video of uh, Yates waving through. Trying to get Quintana to work with him, yeah. yeah. And apparently Does that Quint- bring back... Pin- uh, Pino? Yeah. But apparently Quintana just said he he just didn't have the legs to do it. So he wasn't going to he wasn't going to work. That was like me at the gravel race when uh, Will tried to wave me through and said, "We got to make this brake stick." And I was like, "No, it's going to stick. Don't worry. Just keep driving it." <laughs> um Turns out the brake did stick. You just weren't a part of it. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, Damn. as as Townsend said that we could have some big changes in the GC uh tomorrow in the TT. Uh, Quintana's not known for being great time trialist. Uh, Lopez does not have the best record there. Who knows? Who knows what will happen? I mean, Valverde has himself. I'm not. I'm not predicting necessarily a, a Valverde overall mm. at this point. Um, although I would love to see that, but he has himself set up pretty nicely. I mean, the cards could really fall well for him if he does well in the in the time trial. I mean, he's not—he's not fantastic in those super big mountains like are coming up next week. But he's shown his ability to to, to hang in the mountains, and yeah. if he can get some time in the in the time trial, he could be in good shape. Yep, certainly could. So speaking of being in good shape, um, I just noticed that T. Buenacerte is leading the fantasy league. Yeah. That is my fantasy squad name. You have called it T Buena Suerte, mm. <laughs> and uh, I picked a little bit not not a joke squad because there's no no jokes on my team. But I went with a um, as much of an all Spanish squad as I as I could. Uh, had to had to mix now, in. That's the one with Pedro Sagan. Pedro Sagan <laughs> yeah. is my sprinter. 
Um, he's gotten me some. He's gotten me some points, but he's probably not going to. I guess there's one more sprint stage. Yeah, it looks like Valverde mm. is your is your money man. Valverde's yeah. my money man, and uh, Jan Izaguer has gotten me uh, some some good points. And then Superman Lopez is also on my team. Yeah. He has a. Obviously, he's not Spanish, but he has a Spanish-sounding name, so I figured I'd, I'd yeah. go with him. Superman. It's very Spanish-sounding. Superman. Superman. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I, um, I, I've i clawed my way up from almost uh, all the way at the bottom. Matt, you and I, mm. over the course of the Vuelta, have... We have traded places. Traded places. Yeah, yeah, yeah Matt, you are you are the cellar dweller. Started at the top and have gone to the bottom, and I started at the bottom and have, have ascended well, to the top. You're about to get demoted down into the B League, a fantasy cycling. I'm going, I'm going down to pro Conti level. Uh, well, you know, I had an amazing season, but, you know, much like Froome and uh, Garen Thomas, I'm just exhausted. How was your Tour of Britain squad? Uh, I almost made one, but I didn't. Yeah, um, I didn't either. Uh, but yeah, so possibly my uh, um, uh, 21st century Fox and Friends uh, didn't really pay off in this race. It did once before, and uh, it was a long shot. I just did it for fun. And uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Richie Port was, I think, a quarter of my budget. Ooh, yeah. Richie Port was a bad move. <coughs> Is Nibbly still around? Well, I had to go with Fox alumni, so yeah. you know that was that was the thing there. Uh, Nibbly is around, but but mm. not really. But he's working for Jan Izagir. Yeah, he's working. Actually, for he was now. doing a lot of work uh, the other day for Jan huh. Izagir. Interesting. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so speaking of Tour of Britain, I don't want to get into all the blow by blow. Mm. I'm sure Matt will want to though. No. Uh, looked like a good race. Sorry, I just I could not fit into my brain, but I saw that Alaphilippe was uh, dominating a lot. Alaphilippe won. Uh, yeah, it's always tight. The Tour of Britain There's always, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's usually, it's always generally a matter of seconds that it's won by, you know, for a week long race. Uh, it's always great racing to watch cause it's narrow roads. It's very much like races in Brittany or, or even kind of like parts of the Basque country and stuff where it's just super tight roads. Um, lots of up and down, very little flat road. I mean, it's no tour of Yorkshire. <laughs> oh, excuse no. me. It's no tour to Yorkshire. It's no tour to Yorkshire, but sometimes it's in Yorkshire. But uh, yeah, there was some... I thought the Tour of Britain was tour to Yorkshire. Some cracking racing there. Uh, Caleb Ewan winning the final sprint stage. He won the final sprint stage. Uh, Hoping Greipel to... won two stages. So interesting. Very nice for him, and was very grateful to his team that he's leaving. And then, yeah, kind of interesting that you know Ewan's the man replacing him. Took the last stage, and he was very Greipel was very gracious about that. And uh, uh, let's see, uh, yeah, uh, Quickstep did really well in the team time trial. Sky, surprisingly, were only fourth in the team time trial, whereas they were kind of the hot favorites, having Froome and Thomas and uh, Poles, uh, Kirienka, you know. Wow. But I think Froome and Thomas were just kind of there to wave to the fans for the most part. Yeah. Collect their appearance fee. And yeah. still, this is still their post-tour crits, huh? But Kerry got the most. Kerry ended up being the most aggressive rider in the race uh, overall. And uh, Wout Poles won the Queen stage climb. Kind of came from behind, from nowhere, and 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 uh, and took it. I think Alaphilippe was second on that uh, on that finish. And then uh, uh, Ian Stannard won a stage in, uh, in break solo break. Oh wow! Yeah. So uh, kind of good to see him winning races again, but. Uh, 
so it's a good race. It was a good race to watch. Um, you know, there's some there's some clips on YouTube. I recommend looking at those some of those last twenty k's because they're, they're they're pretty exciting. So some quick team news, I guess, before we <laughs> before we maybe switch gears to to another discipline. Uh, word came out either yesterday or today that uh, Holowesco Citadel is no longer going to be sponsoring uh, Hincapie's team, and that Hincapie is looking for some new sponsors. Uh, you guys have any ideas about? Yeah, they, I team? guess they missed their uh, they and they missed the the thing for being uh, for pro conti status. Yeah, they as missed well. the, the deadline. Um, I don't know, man. That's a bummer. So you've got United Healthcare mm. potentially folding. Yeah. Also pro conti. Well, they are folding. That's, that's they, so they are definitely folding. Yep. But wait. folding into rally some people of? well some no. there's not room for everybody so yeah. some i think some riders are going to rally i don't think they're folding into i think some riders got picked up <coughs> uh jelly belly is gone got conti yeah. team now we have another american pro conti team hankapi scrambling for sponsors yeah. uh so maybe united jelly belly hankapi yeah it sounds sounds like a jelly game. belly healthcare mm. <laughs> I think a lot of Americans are on the Jelly Belly healthcare plan, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. There's a lot of Jelly uh, Bellies in this country. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, rough. Yeah. It's rough. Rough, rough stuff. Times. And speaking of rough stuff with teams, Larry Warbass and Connor Dunn from Aqua Blue trying to take a little bit of a – turn a little – what's what's the word? What am I looking for? Making uh, lemonade out of lemons? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know if, uh, if you guys have been following them this week on social media. Because they, of course, you know, Aqua Blue was supposed to be at the Tour of Britain. And then at the last minute, not only did Aqua Blue say they were folding at the end of the year, then they were like, nope, we're folding right now. And we're not even taking the riders to the Tour of Britain. Yeah, so they did some sort of epic <coughs> ride. Matt, you'll have to say from where to where. Well, they basically started in Nice, where they both live. They live next door to each other, apparently. And uh, they just rode from Nice, and they planned out each day kind of the night before and just decided to go over a hell of a lot of Alps, and they were back and forth between France and Italy, going over like a lot of the big mountains there. Um Larry that Wa had to have just been super fun for those guys. I think it looked like a lot of fun. They posted a lot of stuff on their social media. Um, They're both engaging in charismatic sorts of personalities yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think Larry Warbass, uh, a lot of people were asking if he was single. So, uh, you know, I think he's got some offers there. Um, Connor Dunn uh, lost, so they only took like one pair of shoes with them. Connor Dunn had a pair of flip flops, um, and he lost them. I think on the first day over one of the climbs. I think it, actually, I think it, or maybe the second day over the uh, what's the um, Colle de delle Finestre, uh, mm -hmm. the gravel climb. He lost his flip flops up there, and unfortunately, he wears a size forty nine, which uh, I would imagine in small towns in the Alps is probably hard to find. A shoe that big but he did manage to find some sandals in a in a shoe shop there so that was sandals him. yeah sandals huh yeah they I just were, can't imagine climbing mountains and to get off the bike and I just want to walk around in sandals well I mean can you imagine carrying a pair of wooden clogs on the bike with you I mean it's a <laughs> I think it's the packability of the, I'm of so, the I sandals. don't know have you it, not wear and bought a new pair of Nike running shoes those things weigh like two grams well, anyway, anyway, uh, 
he so were they bike packing they were bike packing yeah, but okay. they were staying in hotels but they were you know they were yeah. bringing like they had their credit card camping and, yeah yeah but well, had, i mean they 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 had like frame bags on yep, there yeah were they riding the 3t bikes with they one were. chain ring they were they were both riding their 3t road bikes with one chain ring interesting yeah and uh yeah they put out i know um uh larry warbass showed his uh you know the amount his uh training peaks uh data for the week and uh pretty crazy like 50 hours of 50 hours on the bike and a, an insane amount of calories burned and ridiculous amount of uh, meters climbed how do you think that works into the jonathan page training plan i think he would approve of that yeah. i think he would definitely approve i mean 50 hours <laughs> of riding is literally that's a full day of work each yeah. day oh yeah they were basically clocking no. in and doing a full eight hours a day <laughs> yeah um and but the rumor okay so now they're back in nice and they're out doing and they did a recovery ride today or whatever but i heard a rumor on the cycling podcast that larry warbass may have been picked up for next year i hope so hmm. rumor is he's been picked up by whom ag2r Ooh, interesting that would be very interesting yeah yeah, yeah. i could see him fitting in with that team i can Wait, see that is Oh, okay, no, I was thinking FDJ. I was thinking AG2R is a team that really goes in on the national kits, but that's FDJ. That's no, FDJ. AG2R is Brown. Yeah. Brown. Okay. What yeah. can Brown do for Larry? So Larry possibly riding as a domestique for yeah. uh, what's his name? Roman Bardet. Yeah. 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 I would like. I would love to see that. Be All a right. Great squad. I hope he gets a. I hope he gets a contract. Uh, yeah. We're definitely fans of Larry yeah. on this podcast. Big news on the mountain bike scene. This is not a mountain bike podcast, but let's talk about it. Bodie, we were we were up in mountain bike country up there in Ridgeland, Mississippi, and uh, well, uh, yeah, Kate Courtney, American phenom, is now your world champion in I guess XC mountain biking. Yep, pretty awesome, pretty amazing. Beat the impressive Yolanda Neff. We actually got fourth. Yeah. I believe she was battling with her uh, teammate, Annika Longveld. Yes. Sorry if I get that uh, mis- uh, Who was leading the race from the gun for almost the whole race. And then she had a slight, she had a, a little off towards the end of the race. Um, Kate Courtney uh, came up to her and, yeah, rode, rode away from her. I mean, just, that's awesome. You know, like, an American world champ is a really cool thing. Um <coughs> She's 22. Yeah, I was going to say, she's super young. Yeah. Graduated from Stanford. Yeah. I mean, all, I mean, this this woman has all kinds of amazing things in her future. Uh, I guess you can probably go to Red Bull TV and watch a replay of that. They seem to have a lot of stuff up there. It's so. actually also on the NBC Gold app. Oh. That's where I watched it. Okay. Yeah. And speaking of other phenomenal Americans, because that's kind of the theme of this podcast, and we, we talked about Leisure Shoot Larry, uh, Ashton Lambie set a mm. new individual... Individual pursuit. Individual pursuit. pursuit. 4K individual yeah. pursuit record. World record. Yeah. Smashed it by three seconds, which on tra- in track time is like about an hour. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. It's insane. Uh, kind of out of nowhere, not really out of nowhere. He's been racing the track for a couple of years. 
obviously known by the USA Development um, Group, but out of Kansas, was mm-hmm. a gravel racer. Yeah. Has a big old handlebar mustache. Yep. Uh, every fixie kid's poster boy. Yeah, yeah. one dirty Kansas on a on a uh, single speed, didn't he? Um, didn't win. Did he win the again. single speed class? or Might have won the single speed. Yeah, Not. that's what I meant. Won the Possibly. single speed class. Probably fixed, right? He was probably <laughs> riding track lacrosse. But what's interesting is, and, and I've listened to some other podcasts, uh, he got into fixed gear bikes i mean he, he this guy is not just new to racing he's been racing for a while but he got into the track bikes on a grass track yeah which is something i'd heard about a long time ago and i think it's something that maybe is more popular in your home country grass track racing yeah uh well i know you posted something towns in a while oh, no ago. that's yeah cycle speedway that's oh, kind of short track dirt cinder, like yeah cinders, yeah right? dirt cinder racing yeah um no i think that uh, i think the grass track stuff is is more of kind of a midwestern sort of thing sounds oh. very midwestern yeah. okay i thought yeah. it was an english thing for some reason uh, mm-hmm. but you know what i thought of when i heard that because i heard the same thing i thought to myself man we should go cut a grass track <coughs> In City Park. We got a mower. <laughs> we do. Just go cut a grass track and go just do some laps. But, okay, a couple things. You've ridden on grass here. Yeah. You know how bumpy it is. So yeah. you're talking about you want to go out there on track bikes or you want to go out there on cross bikes? Yeah, cross bikes. So you want to do like grass Gra- crits? Yeah, like a grass crit circuit. Mm. Like a grass crit velodrome. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I mean, hey... If I've learned one thing this year in my retirement and my comeback is that keeping things fresh has been important to me. Yeah. Um, and not riding the same stretch of road and doing intervals. And what's fresher see. than a grass velodrome? Dude, let's bring it back. Remember? Fresh cut grass. So, track lacrosse, dead. <coughs> New thing, grass track racing. All right. You know what's funny? Um, I, uh, you know, you get the Facebook friend suggestion thing. Ashton Lambie's been my Facebook yeah, friend. Yeah, so me yours too. To, you yeah, too? Me yeah. too. <laughs> Somehow it's like he's popping up now all of a sudden. I guess we've got a bunch of mutual friends. Um, yeah. Well, so I haven't funny. met him yet. So did, did you send him a friend nope. request? No, nope, me neither. This is my rule. Yep. I haven't met you in person. I'm not going to accept your Facebook request. Or Well, he hasn't. he hasn't requested to be sure, friends with you. Sure. If, he, if he had, you would. Or I won't request... In le- there, sometimes there are people who are like a little bit famous who maybe I will say yes to. Oh. Like, you'd, like what if Alejandro Van- Valverde sent you a Facebook yeah, friend I'd request? Yeah. Okay. yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, why not? If Alejandro Valverde, yeah, sure. Mm. Now someone's going to make up a fake Facebook profile. Yeah. I hear Alejandro is <laughs> always looking for fresh blood. <laughs> oh, no, it's a trap. <laughs> Well, look, guys, I think we've come to the end of our agenda. Uh, and, and, and if we can segue real quick uh, to Alejandro Valverde, I wanted to mention a very funny tweet that I read uh, that Cillian Kelly uh, at Irish Peloton on Twitter wrote. Did mm-hmm. you see this, Matt? Uh, he's doing his top 20 list. And he's, oh, got, yeah. he's got his top 20 uh, finishers for the, 20, <laughs> the 2028 Tour de France. Yeah. Uh, and the first 19 basically are a sentence that reads, predictions like this are stupid. How is anyone supposed to know what will happen 10 years in the future? And number 20, Valverde. <laughs> I saw that. Good and, stuff. Yeah. Anyway, that's me signing off for the night. Uh, I'll see you guys next week.
Uh, yeah, well, that's uh, me signing off as well. I am hoping to get over this horrible cold that I've had and get back out on the bike. And this is the Bodie Bodie saying, once again, you can email us with any questions, comments, or concerns at yayurad at gmail.com. Thank you to Vic Net for our intro and outro music. And go on iTunes and leave us a rating and possibly a review. Uh, we're kind of big time now. We're buddy buddies with Jonathan Page. So help us uh, get in the ears of new listeners. Good night, everybody. to the yeah you right podcast <clears throat> so welcome no not gonna say so yeah. mm. welcome to the yeah you right podcast this is episode 58 no 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 it is it no it is welcome to episode 50 no stepping on me stepping on my lines